Everyone, my name is Cass. I am Alex. And this show sucks ass. What show is this? Oh shit. Uh we were talking about this month we are talking about Kaiba, directed by Misaki Iwasa and produced by Madhouse. And we we had a bit of a false start, so I I'm I'm frazzled. Um <laughs> also frazzled by having to watch this show. Yes, this show sucks. So, this show sucks. Going into this, yeah, going into this, I knew nothing about this show except that it was by Yuasa, which we've watched quite a few of uh his works, and it was recommended by a fair number of our internet friends. Yes. So I so yeah, this, te- heard this from tells a, me t- this tells me two things. One is that uh our internet weirdos can't be trusted. Yeah. And two we is that, that like really, Masaki Iwasa has done one good thing, which is ping pong. <laughs> Everything I, else is 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 mediocre at best. I like everything I else that he's done. The Tatami Galaxy, <laughs> I am extremely fond of. I love the Night, Night of Short Walk on Girl. I, I even like the Devil Man Cry, but you're like, this is in a class of its own in terms of how bad it is. Like, I know you didn't like the Tommy galaxy. This is so much worse than the Tommy galaxy. Yeah. I will grant you that this is vastly worse than the other things that I had a lukewarm response to. I, I, my response to this was yeah, the same as yours, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put, I'm going to put people on blast. Like I'm holding all of you, the dear listeners to this podcast, personally responsible. I'll put my friend RJ, my friend RJ Lake, Spellbang on Twitter, personally on blast for being responsible for me becoming aware of this show and him telling me <laughs> that it was really, really good and that we should watch it. And so, yeah, I, I also didn't know anything about it. So I, I, I had read like the first paragraph of the Wikipedia article, which has actually, over the course of the month that we've been watching the show, changed significantly. Uh, <laughs> have, you, have you been editing it? No, I've been looking at it a few times just to like keep up with stuff. And like, it, somebody has been actively editing the Kaiba Wikipedia article. Like, they changed the uh, the, the like image on the article, and they changed, they like rewrote a lot of the a lot of the first paragraph. Yeah, it's uh, so yeah. So this was yeah, I. And, and when I kept bringing it, uh, it up that we were watching this, people kept saying that it was good. What's wrong with you people? Like, I don't, like, it's not even just that I didn't like it. It's that I don't understand why anyone would like this. It's, it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, there are, th- there, are sure, there are things you've seen that, like, I had a strong negative reaction to, but I realized that was kind, that was partly just my personal taste. This, yeah, I'm just not sure what. What about it hooked anyone else? Yeah, what is it? What are people getting? So, so, I the only thing I knew about it was I'd read I'd read the first paragraph of the Wikipedia article, which indicated that this was something about like memory storage and memory transfer and some kind of sci-fi concept like that. So I expected it to be sort of cyberpunk flavored, and it's not. It's which is actually kind of cool. It's 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 sort of like psychedelic flavored, and like it's the thing. The nicest thing that I can say about this show is that the visuals sometimes look good. <laughs> but, like, the thing right. is, is that, like, it, it feel, this feels like a student film in the sense that the character animation is all really lovingly done. It's really inventive and creative, and it looks like nothing else I've ever seen. And it feels like the boring stuff, like the background, nobody wanted to do, and they just rushed it in, like, the last, like, evening before the assignment was due. 
Like, I don't know why it looks like this. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it looks, sometimes it looks good, but a lot of the time, like, the character animation looks really good, and the backgrounds just look, like, unacceptable for broadcast television. <laughs> like, they're that bad. Most of the time, they're mediocre. Occasionally, they're great. And they're, but, like, sometimes it's just, like, how did this get put on television by a studio like Madhouse? Who, like, Madhouse are, like, some of the best in the business, you know? Like, like they're one of the most critically acclaimed anime studios out there. They've done tons and tons of amazing animation, you know, with lots... You know, they did amazing work with Satoshi Kon, for instance. You know, like, they, they've just done so much. And it's baffling that they made something that looks this bad. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 so strange, and it, and it's it's baffling from Yuasa too, because like Yuasa, obviously he's made like I think something that we can agree on about everything that we've seen from him is that they all look really good. He has a really distinctive style. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, like sure. like and, and like even stuff like not just in character animation, but like you look at something like the Tommy Galaxy, which I I lavished praise on the background art in that show, which makes amazing use of a blend of animation and live action that both looks really cool and unique and also probably saved a lot of time on set um, yeah. or, or in the production studio. And, like, this just looks like dog shit. It just looks like ass. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. Oh, yeah. my God. So, ugh. It's so, so, like, starting with that, like, it looks like it, like it looks like it was made by a bunch of CalArt students. This show, <laughs> like it's it really does because it it has it doesn't really look that much like anime. It looks it has a lot of it takes a lot of influence from from Western animation, which isn't that bad. Um, right, it's not. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, like what what are like the, the like characters the first episode? I was like, where did this fucking fucker come from? Like the Jetsons? Yeah, yeah. It's straight because like the part part of the problem. Is, is that every character in this show is drawn like a child. And I don't know if they're su all supposed to be children, but the, but, the sh but the show is really horny about them. It's Yeah, it's fucked up. In a way that's bad. In a way that's just incredibly gross. <laughs> and it's, it's, so, it's so weird. It's so... Okay, so this show starts off and we're introduced to a character who we are told his name is warp um and uh he has no memories he's like a little fucking blonde kid just with no shirt guy. and dreadlocks uh and he's just a little guy and he has a big hole in his chest and he wakes up and he has no memory and he wanders around and meets some people um and we learn that we're on we're in the under moon which is like the place where the poor people live and there's rich people who live above them it's final fantasy 7 it's literally just final fantasy 7 we're in <laughs> we're in midgar um so so yes so anyway we're in midgar uh and where we we see this scene and this was like i had i where i was watching this and i was like Okay, this is interesting, but I kind of hope that there's a plot at some point. And then when the plot starts to kick in, the like monkey's four or five, paw. yeah, the fucking finger on the monkey's paw curled, and then like the plot kicks in like six episodes into the show, and you're and I'm like, unbelievably, this is worse. 
unbelievably, you've you've done you've made it worse. Like the early episodes of this show are somewhat enjoyable sometimes, and the later episodes of this show are bad, unbearable, are like absolutely. Yeah, like apolog- like apologies in advance. Like I was pretty checked out. Yeah, I so and- I dude, I, I so I, I I wrote synopses for all of these episodes and like I would Brave write the I, troops. I, I would write them right after I'd finished the episode and I couldn't remember a fucking thing that happened. <laughs> Like I like I I wrote a synopsis of episode eleven and I like I was just like I have no fucking clue what happens in this episode like there's ugh, yeah, ugh but like and like the thing is is that this show has no we were talking about this in in our Discord uh, last night with a friend of ours about my distaste for very complicated plots um, right and and I was talking about like because. This show doesn't. My 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 belief generally is that your plot should either be simple enough to understand, or you should give up on sensible logic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, but this show and this show has a visual style and and a sort of subject matter that would lend itself really really well to dream logic or the logic of dreams and myths and stuff. But it, it's mm-hmm. not that. It's not. It's not a plot. It's not like a David Lynch movie where you the plot is like a you know a jigsaw puzzle with half the pieces missing it's just a really complicated regular plot yeah yeah you know like it's not compelling in any way it's just confusing yep 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 so yeah so we meet this guy uh who looks like he's he looks like uh do they have bob's big boy on the west coast bob's Big Boy. Bob's Big Boy uh, is a chain of of restaurants in like the sort of Rust Belt area. Uh, oh, they don't have them here, but I have been to them in when I'm like when I visited family in Michigan. Yeah, I've so seen like, the Big yeah, Boy in the sort of I googled Bob's Big Boy and uh, and it's a, I mean, I'm Bob, being the, the Big Boy is in Austin Powers too. I'm being informed that Bob there's a Bob's Big Boy in Burbank. The fuck? Which well, is a, Burbank doesn't count. Yeah, Burbank. I will never like. I will never go to Burbank for any reason. I can't go there. They don't. They don't have trains there. So yeah, there's, 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 there are Bob's Big Boys on the West Coast. So yeah. So he looks. He looks kind of like. Uh, he looks. He has like the the hair of Bob's Big Boy. Um, I, I, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I quite see it, but there's there's like a yeah, and there's there's like a whole chase sequence involving an emu. Also, is is that is it an emu? It's a skunk. It's a skunk. It's a skunk. It's a skunk. It's an emu. MF said skunk. (laughs) Uh, Just we need the the picture of of stonks guy, but it says skunks. (laughs) It's a picture, and it's it is the bird face. Yeah, (laughs) skunk. All right. yeah, and so we, we get this this scene where this yeah this Jetsons looking motherfucker like a bunch of like memory chips show up and they like put him into a TV to allow them to talk to the people inside the memory chips and they're like bro you were eaten by a skunk your egg and body got separated and then we're we're introduced to like a whole family who are like all in like one robot body to save money um. And there, yeah, and so yeah, and then we meet we meet Popo, who's the the Bob's Big Boy looking motherfucker. Um, oh, that! Oh, I think oh, he yeah, he's he looks like a Bob's Big Boy. I thought you meant uh, the Warp character. No, Warp does not. No, yeah. Warp looks like uh, he looks like 
uh, one of the guys with dreads from the Matrix. Correct. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I, I, yeah. I, mis- I, mis- I wasn't following. Yes. No. Warp does not have Bob's big boy hair. Yeah. Popo is Popo. Yeah. Is big, big boy, big Bob boy. Big, big, big Bob boy. <laughs> um. So, so yeah. Like, so we we get explained that there's. It, it, they explain the premise, and it's just Midgar. It's just there's a a, a physically a physical underclass that literally lives below all of the rich people and they have their memories harvested for good experiences to give to rich people um and is that also in midgar no that's no that that's an additional okay. element that's not in midgar but it's the same basic premise it's just with this additional memory chip thing uh yeah, and yeah. so popo takes warp uh warp like goes to get like almost gets assassinated or something and gets taken to the the over city uh where he gets taken to like a cool purple bar or something like that they go to they go to they go to so like popo is like taking him to like put on a ship to like go somewhere uh because it's not safe for him there and they go to this bar where it's like she wants to thoroughly evaluate the, you and they have him like drop his pants for some reason um but yeah and then they get on the ship and there's like a weird chase sequence with like a guy in a cape uh and and sees because warp like drops his pants and it reveals that he has this like graph theory themed fertility tattoo uh <laughs> right right uh and th- and that apparently is like oh that m- makes him warp and like uh we don't understand why this is important yet uh and so then he, yeah he gets on the ship he like stows away in like a body that's like a hippo, and then his real body gets taken by this other lady into like the actual cargo hull, into like the passenger area, and then the cape guy chases the ship and tries to get on board, but the security guard stops him, and it's a weird, stupid chase sequence. Like the show <laughs> ping pongs wildly between like high, high-minded like sci-fi concept and just like extreme looney tunes shit yeah (laughs) you know like it doesn't it doesn't make sense and it's not funny or charming or meaningful in any way it's just weird yeah like so and 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 like when it tries to be sincere it's just cloying and like embarrassing when it and when it tries to be funny it's just like whatever and 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 one problem that this show eventually builds up to is that every character in this show is a an asshole and so (laughs) it doesn't matter whether they live or die (laughs) like like they every every single person basically except nero um who who has done bad things but not her own fault uh, is just a huge piece of shit. It's just like characterizes it like an asshole, and then we're Pretty supposed much. to, and then at the end we're supposed to, and then like they'll die or like at the end and we're supposed to be like ah the the pathos of all of these people being happy and it's like I don't want any of these people to be happy. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, what about the pink haired girl? Oh yeah, she also did nothing wrong. Um, she yeah she seems she's just she's just checky that's the other the other problem with the fucking plot in this is that every fucking character has some stupid baby talk name that doesn't make any fucking sense everybody's named some fucking shit like popo or nero or fucking vanilla this whole show seems to assume that like it assumes a, a great deal of patience on the part of the audience for its bullshit no but also like just the like 
all the baby voices. Yeah. It like it it, it all the all the fucking like like twee ass childhood flashbacks. Yeah. All the little all the the, the, the weird baby face character are fucking hyo hyo the annoying the, the most sh- annoying helicopter oh, in the world oh my God. i hate that little piece that, of shit that thing, it didn't bother me initially it was like oh it's a mascot character whatever i'm i've i've been here and then there's, by the end there's yeah, a bit yeah. at the end where he's just there's a very emotionally important scene and it's just going around in circles screaming <laughs> during this the whole fun, scene this little fucking like fleshy helicopter just screams constantly it's, it's bad it's bad it's like like what if r2d2 was a fucking piece of shit but yeah what this show reminded me of was an, a very old xkcd about uh which was a graph about the inverse relationship between the probability that a book is good and the number of words made up by the author uh, <laughs> Yeah, this show like it, it it's too uh, it's too weird to care about or pay attention to and not weird enough to be compelling on the basis of its own weirdness. Yeah. You yeah. know. Like it it's I mean, yeah, one one of like one of my one of my little like episode like subject headings when I was like making notes was just like it has had it's got no original ideas. Yeah. Like it's not it's not saying anything new yeah, about just about everything that i've seen here is done better somewhere else the idea yeah. of having of like transferable memories and stuff like that is done way better in ghost in the shell um right you know like and a lot of like the a lot of the, the stuff the, that this show tries to do with its animation style is done better in Mas- in yuasa's later works <laughs> well but yeah uh then yeah you, you mentioned the midgard thing there's stuff there's stuff yeah like that when it, you it, it, when you feels, when your narrative very... pales in comparison to final fantasy fucking seven and and also to <laughs> the second matrix sequel <laughs> <laughs> like there was a bit about like how kind of uh the this show this like, is just the, the matrix the... it's got a white guy with dreads and it's about whatever the second matrix sequel is about i don't know i haven't seen it. Well, yeah, well, the, with the 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 AI, the palace AI that is complete, like um, creating warps over and over again, and like uh, repeating the process. Like, it it ended up not being as similar as I expected, but it reminded me a lot of like the architect in the second Matrix, uh, just like playing the same simulation over and over again. Yeah, I, then, I, I like guessed all of the twists, quote unquote twists. Yeah. Before then, of course, happened. there's, there's the there's the, when it wants to be Evangelion and yeah, like it, the last I, the last fucking episode of this show is just Popo's it, idea of of merging everyone into a, like it's a just Ava. It's just fucking Ava. It's completely stolen from Ava, except it's worse. Yeah. Uh, it's just yeah. It's literally and they literally they even copy the fucking thing where everybody melts into Tang, from Ava. <laughs> oh yeah. They straight up You're rip right. that shit off from End of Ava. Like it's it's so it's so bad. <laughs> um, so yeah. So then in our second episode, Warp's brain is in this like weird hippo. Um, this is when this is when it gets like it takes a sharp turn into like the cursed horny. Yeah, and so then Warp's body gets taken into the the, the passenger place by this lady that we met in the last episode, and she fucks it for the rest of the episode until she explodes. 
So she, yeah, so she takes our 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 lad's memories out of it. Yeah, puts and, it into, and she puts, puts her, her into own the memories into it. She clones her own memories, puts them into this body, and then fucks herself so she, to death. Right. Via inflation. Literally. Yeah. Like we're not we're I'm not, not exaggerating. exaggerating. She explodes and there's the green f- goo all over the place, and then a guy co- and then a cop comes in and is like, "Don't you know that fucking yourself to death is a crime?" <laughs> uh, ugh. but yeah, and then the other the rest of the plot of this episode is completely irrelevant to anything. It's just like she Warp meets a girl who's like dating oh, this guy, right. this other girl who's just, who's dating a guy, and then it turns out the guy is dating a big titty goth GF, and he's a memory smuggler, and then they get caught, and they both get killed. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, this is where we get introduced to the, like, the piece of shit cop. Yes, Vanilla, who is, yeah, so no, we got introduced to him at the end of the first episode. He keeps the cape guy from oh, getting on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he's just this, like, uh, and he's just, and yeah, and so... He's- we really learn why he's a piece of shit in episode three, which is that um, we meet. I mean, he's a pedophile. Yeah, he's he's just a pedophile. Like, yeah, they literally call him a, a lolicon in the show, and that's and then just drop the subject, and we don't come back to it. Except well, that it's ex- his, except that it's his primary character arc, but nobody like deals with that. Nobody. It's just it's just like. It, I mean, this is like this is the thing we've talked about before about how like the kind of kind of this this tendency in anime to like recognize that like there's this really disgusting fetishization of underage girls and then this this assumption that if you can like lampshade it and be like look we're doing the shit that sucks that you can then like just continue doing it and it's okay yeah and and like it's worse than in normal because like like i when i was watching this i was thinking about like the creepy teacher from azumanga daio um yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing about that is that the creepy teacher from Azumanga Daio is supposed to be an asshole, whereas this guy is supposed to be, like, somebody that we like for some reason. Right, exactly. Like, like yeah, I, like, yeah I, I read I read all of Azumanga Daio at the end of last year, and, like, that was, like, that, that creepy teacher, it was still, like, a, I didn't like that he was in the comic, but, like, at the very least, literally every other character fucking hates him. Everybody hates him. The it, it go the the comic goes to great lengths about how he is a huge piece of shit. It would be better if he wasn't there because it's a comedy, and I don't think that's funny that he's a creep. But it's better than this show where oh my god, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. So yeah, so we learn that he's a pedophile because Warp meets this girl who's going to sell her body, li- like literally. Um, not in like a euphemism for prostitution way, but in a, uh, in she's, she's going to have her memories taken out of her body and then her body is going to go to somebody who wants to be a little girl for some reason, um, some rich person. And so she's going to sell that to help support her family. And then it turns out that the person who is taking her memories is a scammer and just like releases her brain eggs into the, into the hypersphere. Um, how that's profitable. I don't know. It's not profitable. I think he's a terrorist. Um, And and so then her body just gets left in the dump, and then Warp, uh, just decides to switch into her body because Vanilla, the security guard, is after, uh, his old body, the hippo body, uh, right. for stowing away. And so and then we learn that uh, Vanilla is very horny for this little girl, 
Um, and then there's, yeah, there's a whole thing. And then, like, she, like, there's a rich per like, some body brokers, like, find the body of this girl, Chronico, in the dump. And then go and find a rich person to buy it. And then, by the time that they come back, Warp has found the body and put his memories into it. And then left. And so then they hunt down Warp in Chronico's body and try to kill her. Try to kill Warp. So that the rich person got the body, and then Vanilla stops them, and then this is supposed to establish a rapport between a sexual predator and a child. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and so then the next several episodes of the show are us, uh, are, like, going to a couple of places. And, like, this whole episode, it's got this, like, subplot where the girl's mom, like, hates her because she takes so much money away from her her real kids because she's not actually her daughter. Her, her like, real mom died. Yeah. And it's, like, this whole just stupid fucking thing. Um, you know, and then, like, and then in episode four, uh, we visit a gra- a lighthouse grandma. Um, and there's... This episode is the closest I came to enjoying this show. Um, episode four. Um, because it has some good moments of physical comedy and minimal <laughs> presence of the weird cop or the plot. <laughs> you know so like so yeah. yeah so but yeah we meet this grandma and she like runs a lighthouse with her adult children and her adult children hate her and she want but she and she's her, her husband their grandpa died a long time ago but she's in denial about it and the kids pay war or uh threaten warp at gunpoint and have him go into their grandma's memories to find the location of this treasure and then Warp managed to convince her that her husband is really dead while in her memories. And then she decides that it would be better to die than to continue living without him. And then Warp leaves her memories and uh, tells them that the treasure is at the top of the lighthouse. And they get up there and it's actually just a bunch of pictures and stuff and like memorabilia. And it's not actually worth anything. And so they stow away on a ship and then they die because apparently if you live at the lighthouse too long you can never leave which i thought was setting something up but isn't it has nothing Uh, to do with anything (laughs) cool um i thought that was like oh it's a teaser for like some big mystery and then it never comes back it's just yeah they're just dead because that would be more tragic if they died (laughs) so then episode five warp goes to a planet where there are the planet where they make all the fashionable new bodies for rich people and there's infinite free food yeah this like this this episode i feel like like could have been good but it absolutely is not this show like this episode was was the start of my like at this point i thought the show's point and insofar as it has a point i think this is part of it or an aspect of it is like criticism of people being able to swap their memories into like bodies that they like more which is gross gross yeah gross um you know it's just uh i don't think it's intentionally transphobic but it is transphobic uh Uh, yeah they're like when you know there's a lot of like the show ultimately doesn't become about like how oh we all need to be at peace with our physical bodies or whatever it which would suck but it has an undercurrent of that that then just gets dropped because the actual point of this show is that organizing the underclasses for political and social change is pointless because people 
all want power and the thing that you should actually hope for is that the person in charge meets a poor person and has a change of heart <laughs> that's what this show is about and like i'm not even that's just that's just no, that's no. literally what the show is about and it's it sucks so yeah so there's this whole episode i wrote a whole fucking synopsis of this i don't fucking care there's like they warp he meets like a smoking baby in a tall robot just a baby drinking coffee smoking big cigars um uh, uh that is the one good thing about this show is that i did while watching this episode and taking breaks because i couldn't stand to watch the whole thing in one sitting every time i took a break i did go listen to just a baby off of neil sasarika's album mouth Dreams. <laughs> uh, and Excellent. Um, yeah but yeah so and it turns out the smoking baby in the t- is is in charge of everything around here. And there's like a guy made out of like patchwork bodies who his brain is full, big mood. Um, so he keeps <laughs> trying to like set. He's he's like the guy in charge of designing the fashionable bodies, and he keeps trying to design bodies that nobody will want. But then it turns out that like conspicuous consumption means that in like useless bodies are appealing to people so people keep buying them but he keeps like pat he, he gets like so worked up about how much he hates people switching bodies that he like passes out um and then forgets everything and he delivers his like whole lecture to warp and then he also has this like dog who like re- recharges him at, at the, in the laboratory and it turns out the dog has the brain of his old lab assistant and the dog gets hit by a car and we learn that soylent green is people um and like like that all the free food on the planet is is made out of like recycled used bodies right um and yeah and then the dog gets run over by a car and then the memories are fine so they put it in a replica body of the the lab the old laboratory assistant or whatever and then we learn we see a statue of warp the king of the universe or whatever who invented memory chips and and we learn that nobody knows where he is but it turns out that, like, we look at the statue and it's a picture of Warp, the original guy, the original body. But Warp doesn't have that body anymore. His, his brain is in is in Chronica's body. Yeah. Um, also, the hippo body gets destroyed and turned into Sterling Green. Um, Yum. In this episode. So, next episode. Uh, this, yeah, this, this is where we get more, like vaguely transphobic stuff yeah yeah it's gross and it's transphobic and also like this show sucks this just sucks ass um so yeah so uh we've been introduced at this point a few times to the one mind society which is the like revolutionary terrorist organization that seeks to destroy memory chips so that nobody so that people just die uh and it's fine and nobody's memories are preserved and everything's fine um, and they, for some reason, think that this will fix the problems because Masaki Iwasa's ideological project here is to paint revolutionaries and socialists uh, and communists as being dumb and not and and idealistic and overly principled and not understanding the actual problems that people have. Um, you know his his, ugh. and so the so yeah so we get. So yeah, so this, this, there we go to this planet that has a theme park on it, and then there, the ship gets attacked by terrorists, and then Warp goes off to help some people whose ship crashed, and meets this like buff guy, and Warp and the old people whose ship crashed go to the theme park and hang out, but the buff guy doesn't join them, and then they go and hang out with the buff guy later, and then we learn that this buff guy is actually a woman named Gel, whose brain has been put in this buff cyborg's body, and she hasn't figured out 
that you can sit to pee even if you have a penis. Um, <laughs> and so she makes, so like, literally this is the thing that happens in the show is that yeah, she yeah. makes Warp, like, hold her dick while she pees. Because, one, <laughs> she hasn't figured out you can sit to pee when you have a penis. It's not hard. And then, secondly, you don't really actually have to hold your dick with your hands to piss. Like, it helps, but you don't have to. Like, did anybody, like, this is not something that I, I usually ask of anime, but did anybody with a penis work on this show? Has anybody, like, has anybody seen one before? It's not, that's not how it works. God. Unf- among the unforgivable things about this show, the- the fact that it's caused us to have this conversation. It's right. It's caused me them. to sit here and be like, "Does Masaki Yuasa have a penis? Does he know? <laughs> does does he have one? It's fine if he doesn't. No, yeah, no, we're not judging. No judgment. Just maybe you should have asked someone. We're just judging everything else about this. We're judging show. everything else about it, and the fact that <laughs> nobody at any point who worked on this show was like hey like, what the fuck was, was like what the fuck or more simply like hey the premise of the scene doesn't work because you can sit to pee even if you have a penis like everything to do with like sex or reproduction in this show is just so fucking deranged it's bad it's bad so yeah like it, i like like when we talked about like devil man crybaby i like was i didn't like a lot of how it represented sex and uh and like gender in that show but this is like a level beyond of just yeah. like what the fuck like i i will defend devil man crybaby's depiction of, of sexuality as as fair like I, I i i i don't think we like came to a conclusion or anything about this but i in that in that episode i did make it known that i disagreed with your like conclusions about the way that that stuff is depicted so you can go listen to that episode to hear my thoughts but this show is just indefensible like every aspect of the show is just indefensible. Like there's just nothing that you can defend. Yeah, there's so bad. So yeah. So then Gel turns out Gel is a terrorist and does a terrorist attack and blows up the largest memory tank where everybody's brain eggs are and they all go into the hypersphere or whatever. Um, and then there's like a weird yellow cop and hundreds of tiny robot dogs. Um, and like like the, when I when we I first started watching this I knew that I I compared what this episode of the podcast is going to be used to the red line episode because I I need to reassure <laughs> you dear dear reader that no matter how wacky anything that I say sounds it is one a million times more boring and tedious to actually witness like it's way funnier like just like in how in redline it was way funnier to listen to alex describe funky boy than it was for me to actually watch that sequence it's so much funnier for me to talk about a weird yellow cop and his hundreds of tiny robot dogs than it is to watch the scene play out yeah it's it's a uh, yeah and it's how do you make something that like banana is so boring it's so boring like this show is so fucking boring to watch there's so much shit going on and it's so boring oh and it, so yeah so then then gel uh so yeah so vanilla the cop defends him from the weird yellow cop uh and his hundreds of tiny robot dogs and then warp and gel part ways and warp realizes gel is the girl in his locket 
So he has this locket with a very weird picture of Nero in it. Yeah. Um, just, it's just kind of blurry, and she's, like, scowling. Yeah, it's a blurry picture, and she's really mad. It's, it looks like a shit post, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so he realizes that, that, that Gail is actually Nero. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so then episode seven, uh, finally, Vanilla dies. Um, at the end of this episode so yes we go to an underwater planet and they get chased by the cops because um, yeah vanilla has gotten his badge stripped because he's yeah. helping terrorists yeah um and then which like and it's amazing how he's assisting revolutionary terrorists and that's not enough to make me like him well because it's so it's like because why is he doing it it's because he's a fucking sex predator yeah it's like that's the whole reason is because he oh, like he's a piece of shit and who had like a contrived change of heart because he's a piece of shit and sacrifices himself yeah he sacrifices and yeah, good like, there's a whole bunch of shit and they get into a fucking chase with the cops and then like and and like in terms of like just simple like screen action the end of this is impossible to follow because like he like takes like the memory chips out of he he has like his mom's memory chip which never comes up again um and then warped memory chip and he puts them in something which is impossible to figure out what it is because there's no the editing is so bad in this sequence and it looks like he's like putting them in like the dashboard of the spaceship, but then he crashes the spaceship into the cops and blows up. And so it couldn't have been that, but there's no like he didn't really like release an yeah. escape pod or anything like that. So I have no idea how any of this happened. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like, and then the next I, yeah, episode begins how... and it's a flashback. And then the episode after that begins and like we've just moved on. And like the thing that we were. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had more or less like given up trying to understand <laughs> what was going on at this point but like even even then i was like wait i feel like i'm missing something you're not like oh and so then in episode eight it, it's just it gets so fucking because com- there's so many fucking balls in the air in this plot and there's so many goddamn characters with their stupid baby names and there's so much fucking jargon and so many fucking events to keep and and you have to be so interested in the plot to keep it all straight but like I remember when the plot was com- somewhat episodic, I was like, I was like kind of okay and like sort of rolling with it because I wasn't sure that any of it was ever going to be important. And then it all, yeah. and then it suddenly expected me to start like remembering people and things and places and events. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, it felt like, like the show feels like somebody explaining the plot of this show to you really excitedly after they've just watched it. And you're just like <laughs> sitting there. Like, sort of humoring them because they just want to talk about it, and so it doesn't really matter. And then at the end of the conversation, they reveal that actually you're in college, they're your teacher, and this is 50% of your grade. And you're just like, wait a goddamn second, I was just humoring you. I didn't actually care about this. I didn't care, but now I have to care because it's 50% of my grade. God, yeah, like... So yeah, this like episode eight is when they start like we start like everything's just yeah unfolds into a complete kaleidoscope of shit, where you learn that like how many different versions of warp are there and like yeah. So warp also gets Rei and Ami. Like the thing about this show is that it, it contains a number of similar like plot elements and beats and stuff that we complained about in the Woman Called Fujiko Mine. 
uh, last month, and it made me realize that compared to this, Fujiko Mine is a goddamn masterpiece. That shit belongs <laughs> in the Criterion Collection. Like, like we complained about, like, in, in Fujiko Mine, we complained about, like, the plot taking a while to kick in and stuff like that, and it's so sudden and abrupt in this show, and it's so much less comprehensible than even how incomprehensible it was in Fujiko Mine. And like, and, and like in Fujiko Mine, at the very least, I cared about the characters. Like, yeah, yeah, Fujiko yeah. is a cool character. I liked Lupin. I liked Daisuke. I, I like I all of these, all of the characters. I was like into them as characters. They were fun to watch on the screen, and I cared about them and what they wanted. Like, none, none of these characters. Which is like that's the bare fucking minimum for telling a goddamn story. But yeah, yeah, ugh. like. Yeah, not one of these of the goddamn characters in Kaiba made me give one single shit about the, so them. The problem is, and, and like, so so yeah, so we got a flashback at the beginning of, of episode eight. Um, yeah, and, and this whole episode, oh my god, I'm like trying to read my own synopsis and my eyes are crossing. Um, so yeah, so we learn basically in this episode, the One Mind Society... Their leader is a guy named Lord Dada, who turns out to be three guys who are all clones of Warp. And it turns out there are a bunch of Warp clones, and one of the Warp clones is actually the Warp who's in the palace right now running the country, and the real Warp is somewhere else. Um, we know where the real Warp is. Uh, he's just been exploded in underwater with a pedophile. Uh, and... Yeah, and, and and there's so much shit that happens in this episode to reveal such a small amount of information, which is, and then the fake warp gets killed, and the real warp's body is there because Cape Guy got a hold of real warp's body after that lady had so much sex with real warp's body that she exploded, and oh, Cape Guy got a hold of that. real warp's body and plans to and shows it to fake warp. And fake warp is like great. I can have the real warp's body because this because my fake warp body is is mortal and doesn't have any powers, and this warp body is immortal and has some kind of superpowers. And then fake warp dies, and Cape Guy is nowhere to be seen. And then real warp's body gets processed through some kind of machinery and collected by a weird nerd with eyes that are too far apart. And, and I think this is how Warp's memories get back into Warp's body because that nerd somehow gets a hold of Warp's memories. No mention okay. as to how, no explanation possible as to how. And puts them back in his head. And then Popo is there and tells Warp, this is in the next episode. Um, uh, this is in the next episode. So Popo tells Warp that Nero is a traitor to the One Mind Society. And then Popo tells Nero that that's Warp. And that she should kill him. So they both hate each other. And then we learn right. that Nero's memories have been altered uh, to... And, like, this is so frustrating because there's some sequences in this episode related to the memory alteration that if the plot wasn't stupid and if I gave him the tiniest shit about Nero as a character, that they would be really cool and effective. But they're just, like, put into this story that doesn't make any fucking sense and that I don't care about. <laughs> um... Yeah. You know, and so, so yeah, and so then they, 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 there's a fight sequence that's really well animated, and then the bull cut nerd shows up and tells Nero that he was the one who altered their memories and starts to convince her, and then Popo is like, but Warp killed your parents, and then she blows up Warp, and then we get a flashback episode 
Um, then we get a flashback episode. So yeah, and so apparently also in the past, this is so stupid. Who would write a plot like this? Who would construct this so that it was like this? Um, like, why Why would you, if you had written this, why would you think that it was good? And why would, if you showed it to anybody else, why would they say, go, yes, go ahead and make an anime about this and we'll put it on fucking television? Like, like why, like, it's, it's so inept. Like, it's inept in, like, like 15-year-old fanfic writer kind of ways. Like, it's just, like, the plot feels like it was written in a single fucking draft. Yeah, like, it's, like, th- this was neither his first show nor, like, when he was, like, fully established. Yeah. Like, how did it get greenlit? Yeah, and, like, like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Because, like, yeah, he'd done Mind Game at this point, which we haven't watched, but, like, but, yeah, it's just, ugh. Um... So, so yeah, so we learn that Warp had crash-landed his space scooter because he was T-posing to assert dominance too much. <laughs> and he gets rescued by Nero and the One Mind Society because they don't know what Warp looks like. They just know that Warp is bad because he's the king. And he, Dada, Lord Dada tries to poison him with, like, acid wine, and both him and Nero drink it, and they're fine for some reason. Like, they're completely demonstrably fine. They don't even experience any side effects, um, mm-hmm. even though, like, it's poison. Um, you know. And... Poison, poison's the state of mind. They go down to these ruins under the earth, and they find that it was used to be Warp's palace, and then they find out... They find, like, a big, like, relief sculpture of Kaiba, the plant that eats memories... Which, like, sucked out an old lady's memories in a, cu- a couple episodes ago. Oh, yeah, that was, like, episode five or something. Yeah, uh, that was in the episode with the theme park. No, six. Uh, yeah. And then that relief falls for no reason and warps stops time with his superpowers to save Nero. And then behind that relief, for some reason, is another relief. Which is <laughs> a picture. all the way down. Which is a picture of Warp. And they realize that that guy is Warp and he runs away having regained his memories and then Nero is sent to assassinate Warp to redeem herself and then she goes to the Imperial City and Warp brings her into the palace and Warp tries to keep the security system from attacking her and she's like I don't want to kill you and then she pulls out a gun which is the thing you do when you don't want to kill somebody and then the robots (laughs) come in and then Warp says like don't shoot her I'll deal with it and then they stand for around for a little bit, and then the robots liquefy her. And then he goes into the vents with a butterfly net and collects her brain eggs before they can go to the hypersphere. <sighs> and uh, grows a clone of her in a vat. And then uh, she sneaks out to go back to the undermoon. And then she learns some information on a computer for some reason. And then she goes to tell Warp this important information. And then for some reason, Warp's like private throne room has a button that you can push from the outside that opens a hole in the floor and like drops everybody through a fan. Right. right. And that's just like a thing. Like, why would that be a thing that you could do? And it's pressed by fake Warp, who is already dead in the future. Um uh, this is all perfectly normal to me, the the biggest brain in the universe. Yeah, so then Warp, so then they fall through the floor, and Warp and Nero land on the floor, and then Popo takes Nero and leaves Warp, and then Warp wakes up and he doesn't have his memories, and then this is the start of the actual show. And then 
Nero, this is when Nero gets her memories modified by Popo so that all of her fond memories of Warp, who she calls Kaiba, uh, all of her fond memories of Warp are um, overwritten by fond memories of Popo. Right. Uh, So yeah, and then, so episode 11, uh, Popo... So we this is back from the flashback when Popo thinks that Nero has killed Warp. And so he thinks that he's king now, which apparently means he just gets to take an elevator up to the sky and just like walk into the throne room and be given a crown. Like I don't understand why like why is he next in line? Uh like there's no there's no reason. It's just it doesn't make sense. It's just they it's, didn't... it's just it's on the blockchain. <laughs> yeah, he bought yeah, when Warp died, Warp's NFTs automatically went up for sale and he bought the NFT of the crown. And so yeah. now he's the king. So yeah, but Popo would absolutely be. Popo would be so into NFTs. <laughs> he really would. He really would be. He's such a little shit. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it like it, like that that grid meme where it's like knows about crypto, doesn't know about crypto, invests in crypto, doesn't invest. Popo knows about crypto, invests in crypto. Crypto. Warp knows about crypto, but doesn't invest in crypto. Um. And then. Who, Nero Laura, doesn't. Laura Dada doesn't know what crypto is and invests in crypto. Absolutely. And then uh, Checky doesn't know what crypto is and and doesn't invest in crypto. Yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah. that's really the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Vanilla also doesn't know what crypto is and invests in crypto. Oh yeah, he put up his mortgage. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so Popo's king now, and then he shows up, and then there's, there's, it's, he, he drops his, he has, like, this brain chip of his mom. Because, like, the whole thing is that Popo is actually a hypocrite, because the one mind society believes that people, that memory chips shouldn't exist, but Popo has switched bodies before because he was sick to avoid yeah. dying, and he also, and his mom sold her body to pay for the surgery and so he has her brain chip to put it back in, into another body and then he just drops it he just fucking drops it while they're on the elevator he just drops it and it goes into the fire and then it's gone and i laughed so fucking hard it's so, like and they're they play it like it's this like serious like moment and it's like he just fucking dropped it <laughs> why would you write it like that <laughs> Like, there's, there even, are so many moments in this show <laughs> there are so many moments in the show that are meant to be like these kind of like sudden brutal like yeah this is how the world really is man and it's like but like the like there's that which is just funny there's the there's the bit at the top of the tower when everyone kills each other oh god each it's other. so fucking funny so yeah so they get to the top of the tower and then like Popo and the Lord Dada's are there God, I sound like I'm, I'm, ta- I'm describing the plot of an episode of fucking Teletubbies. Um, <laughs> this is the, the I'm describing. I'm like reading the plot synopsis for an episode of the fucking Wiggles. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so Popo and the Lord Dadas are at the top, of, are in the palace, and Checky is there, but she's had her brain wiped by a character we haven't talked about. Uh, what's her name? Uh, she looks oh, like the, 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 the play- turtleneck. Yeah, she looks like the, the player character from Journey. Um, <laughs> um, and she, yeah, and she's had her, uh, and she had Checky's brain wiped to make her like a, a servant or whatever, um, which is kinky. Cause yeah, she was one of Popo's childhood friends yeah. and was like 
compromising his uh yeah because uh, she like had a calm talk with popo where she was like hey maybe terrorism is bad and popo was like no terrorism is good and then they shot her uh because <laughs> uh, and this is part of this whole thing because they're like oh maybe we shouldn't maybe uh destroying brain tanks full of people's memory eggs that could be put back into bodies is murder and popo's like no it's not because they're like they're trying to like do this the thing the thing that this anime reminds me of the most um is bioshock infinite (laughs) (laughs) brutal brutal yeah um i won't go into immense detail about bioshock infinite but yeah it has that same sort of like well both the people doing uh, all the oppression and the people who are fighting the oppression are equally wrong um you know they're just they're equally misguided and if they would just understand each other and it's like shut that's up like, that's like ev- i mean that's basically every like mainstream <laughs> like liberal narrative it is but it's it's so potent here and it, it's like yeah, so so yeah, so Checky has had her brain wiped to turn her to make her submissive and breedable, uh, <laughs> and God. and then and then they're like, oh yeah, we set up this like big bad, which is like a plant that eats memories and has been growing bigger and bigger and is going to destroy the universe if we don't do something about it. And Popo is like, well, what if we just all went into the the monster? <laughs> what if we just all got eaten? And, and then the Lord Dados are like, that's stupid. Uh, and, and then uh, the guy in a cape shows up and kills Popo. And then real warp shows up and kills the guy in a cape and then kills the fake warps who are Lord Dada. Yeah. And it's and someone, fucking... someone kills the Someone kills the turtleneck. Yeah. I think cape uh, guy kills the turtleneck. Okay. Uh, and then don't forget... Um, you, you, when you mentioned submissive and breedable, it reminded me of this. On the way up here, oh, yes. before the before this for, before this execution squad, but right right before Popo drops his mom's memory chip into the fire, he's like, "Okay, mom, I can finally get you a new body. Maybe it'll have big boobs." Yeah, he says, "Maybe one with huge boobs." That is exactly verbatim what he says, and I don't understand how this got made and like people yeah. people think this is serious this is like a serious archie show people think that about this show and it's like like the way people talk about it and like like i got we got a tweet i i tweeted obliquely about this about i tweeted some screenshots from my uh from my notes about kaiba i tweeted some sentences from it and then somebody was like oh yeah it's amazing you know it's, it's an incredible uncomfortable profound experience and it's like look, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna name because you said you were gonna listen to this podcast and if you're listening to this now and you can hear me saying this i don't hate you and i don't think that you're stupid but i just I, it was uncomfortable don't get me wrong i just want to talk man i just want to talk <laughs> i'm not gonna hurt you. i just want to talk uh like <laughs> I did not have a good time watching this show. No, yeah, yeah. But, but not for not. I think for the reasons that. And it's just like uh, it's just like I just don't understand. Meant. Like, what do these people think it's profound about? Like, what's profound about it? Like, what is it? Like, it's because there's just there's nothing. Yeah, like 
I I remember I remember when we when we did our episode on the last rebuild of Ava, like I I called it just completely a shit like a movie about nothing, and then like you like I was so mad that I kind of like ended up talking over you, which is it's usually the other way around. <laughs> um, but like I remember you tried to say that like it's technically about how Hideaki Anno doesn't want to make Ava and thinks that anime is a bad thing. Yeah. And that's what, the, that's what the, the, the fourth Ava movie is about. And if you're a rube, you think that's interesting. Uh, like, yeah, I, I, at the, at the time I was so mad that I was just like, this is, it is absolutely like there's, it's about nothing. It means nothing. It, it says nothing. This show Maybe this show doesn't mean nothing it, because, because <laughs> I, I feel like saying it means nothing is letting it off the hook because the thing that it means is bad. <laughs> okay. Fair. You know, like, like it's, it's, it's not, it's not empty. Empty. I can deal with it's It's actively bad. You know, it's, it's actively perpetuating and, and arguing for bad ideas. You know, like I, uh, because like like the what I said before like the the plot of this show, so yeah so and then there's the, there's that whole thing and then it tries it like in the opening of episode twelve it tries to be like you know everybody just wants power you know like it it tries to be this whole thing about like power because like like the thing is is that like it's setting so like Warp's character arc is sort of central to this because the the problem is is that he. It, it's setting up a story where he is a bad person who learns how to be a good person. The problem is that it sets up that he's a bad person primarily by emphasizing the bad things he's done to Nero, which it turns out he didn't do. He didn't do any of those things. Um, but it makes it clear the ball, the bowl cut guy with the glasses makes it clear that Warp has acted Badly, he sa- he literally says, "Oh, Warp has been a despot, but like it's fine." Or like, like, like you need, <laughs> yeah, 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 you, need to, you need to be nice like, to him or something sure like that. Sure, he's been a despot, but and it's yeah. like, what do you mean he's been a despot? Like, because like I don't know what he's responsible for because all of that shit I happens mean, off screen, right? All the Midgard stuff. Yeah, like, and it's uh, like, who like. Is is it was all of that caused by the fake warp? Is it all of that caused by the real warp? Is like like who is it all that? Is it all that palace AI? Yeah, like 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 what? Who did any of this? And like because like the other thing is, of course, even if it what if if it turns out the warp is never a bad person, it's all the fake warp. That's also stupid because then your character it's the same as the Fujikomine character arc, where your character arc is realizing that you've been perfect the whole time. Except, except, yeah, except not like you know nearly but, as funny as that. Yeah, show and like, but, but also, and like the Fujikamino one, like we say that glibly, but it works in that show because it's making a point about like feminism. It has like a goal that yeah, isn't yeah, yeah, reprehensible. Yeah. Whereas this one is like, like, because it's like he's. It doesn't matter if he was the best king imaginable. He's still a king, and that's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. because like, yeah. like this, this show isn't even there. There, I brought this up uh, in the in the pre-show when we were talking uh, about. There's an old tweet from Jackson, uh, Twitter user head falls off, which is uh, me. I am fundamentally opposed to monarchy and the church's ruling powers. History is a record of their atrocities. My therapist. That's fair. Me. 
but I love it when the chosen king reclaims his divine sword and leads his army in glorious battle. My therapist, who doesn't? And this show isn't even that. It's not even like, it's not even the fucking Chronicles of Narnia, like where it's like, okay, I understand that the monarchy is bad or whatever, but like, Let's bracket that and have a good time. Well, let's bracket that and have a, and have a good time because, like, this, sh- this show also understands that the monarchy is bad, kind of. But then, kind it, of. but then it, it's like it's this like liberal obsession with complexity, where it's like, oh well, there's nuance in whether or not the despotic monarch is bad, and it's like, no, there fucking isn't. I don't care if he had a hard childhood because they try to pull that shit. They try to be like, oh, he has all these bad memories of his mom trying to poison him, and it's like, oh, it turns out your mom wasn't trying to poison you. She was just she poisoned you because she loved you, and she was trying to save yes. you from the war of succession or whatever. And it's like, what the yes. fuck are it's, you it's, talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's like it's it's. It's trying to. It's like recognizing on, on a on some level, like st- structural inequality. Yeah. But then, but then, because it has no or it is unwilling to propose a real solution to that, instead reverts to uh, it reverts to the power of the individual over that structure. Yeah. It's it's and. and and imagining that if we just change hearts and minds, we can it's so obsessed avoid with, the problem. Like, every in the big character t- having like some personal justification for their behavior. And it's like, I don't care what your personal justification is, dude. You're king of the galaxy. Yeah, you don't get that. You don't get like, to like me to feel bad about you. You've been king of the galaxy for thousands of years. It sounds like, and like because you're immortal, and you're the immortal king of the galaxy. You don't get to be like, oh, but my mom tried to poison me when I was little. Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, it's like, uh, and it, it's just this like. It's, it's so desperately trying to be like, oh, but it's so complicated. There's so many sides, and you know, and sometimes revolutionaries, all they really want is power for themselves. That it's like, oh, go fuck yourself. Eat my entire ass. Like, ugh, it's exhausting. This show sucks. Um, and it, ugh, ugh. And yeah, and like the last episode is fucking nonsense. It's just a bunch of, yeah. it's, it's, it's a bunch of fucking nonsensical plot twists about dumb garbage. Like, the re- revelation that the fucking emu skunk that's been appearing in all the episodes is actually Warp's mother trapped in a skunk's to, body. Tr- trying to redeem herself or some shit. Yeah, like, watching over him or whatever, which is, like, I genuinely can't believe that a real person wrote that. And then other real people read it. And then those real people said, put this on television! <laughs> Like, who? Ah. It's just, it's, it's bad. It's so bad. It's unbelievably, and like, the entire time, because I'm only watching it one episode at a time and one slice at a time, like, some of the bad stuff sort of, like, seeps out of my brain, and then I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's, like, and I'm trying to, like, figure out a way to like it or whatever, because that's just, that's that's just who I am, I, especially when there's a lot of other people who are saying that something's good, is I want to understand why, and then, and but then, like, recounting it beat for beat like this, and going through my notes and everything, it's just like, this is sludge. This is irredeemable trash. In a way that reflects badly on Masaki Uasa, everybody at Madhouse, and everybody who likes this show. <laughs> ah. 
<laughs> oh my god, it's 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 infuriating. And and this is this is the first time I've really hoisted myself with my pick on this show. Yeah, usually you, yeah, usually it's me hating one of your picks or you hating one of my picks. Yeah. This or time. both of us hating one of your picks. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, or or us hating one that we picked for yeah. uh, SEO reasons, <clears throat> Evangelion Rebuild. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like like I I I consider like I I generally have a low I have what I think is a finely tuned instinct for figuring out what shit is going to be good and a low tolerance for bullshit. You know, like I have absolutely no patience for stuff where people are like oh it's like we talked about this in the cowboy bebop episode where we talked about that that bruno diaz tweet about that vice article uh about like oh cowboy bebop is bad but you should watch it anyway because what bad you know fuck you you know you don't deserve any better um you know like and it's like no bad things don't deserve my praise they don't deserve my attention they don't deserve my pity like it's fine to make bad art i genuinely believe this like it is especially if you're an amateur and you're just starting out it's fine to make bad art just yeah like get yeah, like i mean that's how you get better that's how you get better at, trying new you're, things what, what, sometimes they don't work out and it's fine yeah but yeah. like just because trying new things is part of the process of growing as an artist one it doesn't mean that i have to like them or be nice about them especially when they're the product of corporations you know and and people like masaki yuasa like this show came out like five or six years after mind game um which was his first feature film and he'd been working in the industry prior to that for years like masaki yuasa is not is not a beginner he was this not a beginner not his, when he this made. is not his like this is not his like thesis film yeah. that got expanded into <laughs> you know like it's masaki yuasa was an expert in his field when he produced this everybody who worked at madhouse were experts in their field when they produced this and they produced shit you know like and 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 like the good thing is is that masaki yuasa went on after this to produce very good things things that i like a lot things that we both like like ping pong and things that i really really love like the sound galaxy and night is short walk on girl um and things that i i like decently well like devil man cry baby like but like this is so bad it's it, it, it's baffling it's baffling that you would not at any point in the production process of this stop and go what are we doing you know <laughs> like i'm used to this sort of thing happening when, when it comes to like big failures like this is either like even even the ava rebuilds sort of pale in comparison to this show because i mean the ava rebuilds like had this just feeling of inevitability to them like yeah there was so much just like momentum and money behind them that they they were gonna they were gonna come out one way or the other and and like and there's at least like a coherent thrust behind them that makes sense which is to say that Hideaki Anno felt obligated to produce Ava 3.0 plus 1.0, and he didn't want to. And so the only way that he could get through it was to produce a movie about how he didn't want to make the movie that it was. But, like, this is just, like, it's so inexplicable, you know? Yeah. Like, like Ava 3.0 plus 1.0 is, in a certain sense, a shitpost, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. just, like... It's like it's just it's just a thing that you make because you got to make something, you know. And like End of Ava is sort of in that bucket too, and I think End of Ava is a lot better at it. 
Um, right. I mean, in the Bay of it, like actually had, there was actually like, he had something to say Yeah, and he, and it wasn't, he, uh, it, was, he wanted to dunk on his fans, but he also wanted to like say something yeah. constructive and he did. And in the Bay of it was great. Yeah. It, uh, but yeah, this, this is just like, it's, it comes from just a toxic place. It's just a very, it's just brain poisoned. Like it's a fucking it's like if Malcolm Gladwell wrote an anime. <laughs> I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be as just like would, Malcolm Gladwell is. It would be way more isn't, boring. Isn't, isn't it's like gross. Yeah. This is gross. It's gross. Yeah. It's gross, and it's also it's it's bad. It's ugh. ugh. Anyway. Nine delights, zero to zero in every category. Yeah, just, just, uh, yeah. My wild card just, is fuck you, zero to zero. Mine is just eat shit. Yeah, Alex, do you have a book to recommend? I do, but I, I, I actually wanted to riff on yours. Oh, so you go first. Okay. So I am going to recommend it. Never let me go by Kazuo Ishiguro. Um. So I got this book for Christmas from uh, a friend, and I tore it up. Uh, it's not very long. It is so it, it's a hard book to talk about because the 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 sort of central experience of reading the book, and like I, I know this is to be true because the the premise of the book is not on the back cover, um, and so I know that like. To some extent, figuring out what this book is about is part of the experience of reading them. It is what I'll say is it is it is a speculative fiction novel uh, told in the first person, uh, and it is set in a world that is very much like our own, except for one horrifying detail. And figuring out and and the sort of brilliant thing that this book does is that its narrator is embedded in this world to such a degree, and she's writing from a perspective that is um she's writing as though she's writing to somebody else who is in this world with her so she's not writing like a lot of novel speculative fiction or novels that take place in sort of fantastical worlds might be where they explain things to the audience she explains some things but never the things that you want explained because she acts like she's talking to somebody else who already knows the elephant in the room and it's like it's so meticulously constructed to be so every page every paragraph you just get like a little detail where you're like huh wait can you explain that and then you she doesn't and then you don't and, and it, it, it's just like this creeping horror as you slowly realize exactly what everything that they're talking about is um and it's heartbreaking and and horrifying and it's it's so so good i loved reading this book um yeah i I just tore it up and and like yeah i I don't want to spoil too much about it because it's a highly spoilable book um so i will say no more than that but if you have any interest in like the intersection of like healthcare and oppression and poverty and and stuff like that like absolutely give it a read because like this book is it takes a sci-fi premise that you could absolutely do very ham-fistedly where a lot of sci-fi writers would just like lay out all of the rules for how the universe works in the beginning and then like the rest of the story would be like them like pulling off a heist or something like that 
um like you know like a you know a john carpenter movie where like the, all the rules just like scroll by at the beginning and then it's like okay go uh, <laughs> and like and this book could easily have been that and it makes the much wiser decision to be a chronicle of everyday life from the perspective of a person about which we are going to learn something horrible uh so yeah that is never let me go by kazuo ishiguro um alex yeah so the, the reason I, I i connected our recommendations that i actually made about halfway through your book never let me go and didn't finish it uh I, it's, I, I, it's something I'll probably try again, but it, for whatever reason, it didn't grab me the same way I grabbed you. Like, I part of it, I think I just didn't find the characters especially compelling, and so the overarching mystery didn't really grab me. Um, but the reason why I thought of that when I was recommending my book is that uh, my book, the I did finish it, but the first half was kind of slow going, and I, I, I probably almost didn't. Um, my book is Here Comes the Sun by Nicole Dennis Ben. Here Comes the Sun and by the <laughs> It's uh, a novel about a, a woman, Margot, and kind of her family and her the people she's connected to trying to survive in an extremely poor town in Jamaica that is being taken over by foreign like resort developers. And she works at one of the resorts and is trying to make enough money to help her younger sister uh, go to college and kind of escape poverty and make something of herself. Um, but kind of in doing in doing so and in her in her pursuit of financial stability, she loses herself. And it's the structure is is interesting and kind of frustrating because the first basically first like half of the book is kind of setting up everything all the kind of dilemmas and circumstances of these people the Margot, her younger sister her mother um her girlfriend and then after that kind of like she begins like we we paint her into a corner and she begins making one kind of bad decision after another that um and it just the, the the book kind of like cascades after that, and the the second half I just I just tore through because uh, it's it's very good how kind of each individual like the different choices they make and 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 where it leads them. And to Margot, it leads her to a a very kind of heartbreaking place. Funnily enough, what it reminded me most of at, when I first finished it was. Uh, there will be blood the, the film by pt anderson because in it's in you call in, him pt anderson i always call him paul thomas anderson because calling uh, pt anderson makes him sound too much like a 19th century author and i think that's what he wants oh fuck i'm sorry <laughs> uh, because in in a, in a big way it's about kind of ambition and how ambition can cost like how ambition in specifically a capitalist environment will cost you humanity. Uh, but it's, it's, it's not quite as kind of single minded, I guess, because it's also about colonialism and um, like queerness, but uh, there's a very kind of interesting kind of commonality there that, that struck me by the end of it. 
So that's Here Comes the Sun by Nicole Dennis Ben. Sounds like a version of this show that is good instead of bad. <laughs> uh, as always, re- read read the books recommend. Don't watch the anime we watch. Yeah. That is, if you do, take away don't anything try this from... at home. Professional anime viewers on a closed course. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we do this so you don't have to. So Alex, it's your choice. What are we watching next month? All right, we're going to watch something that is certainly shorter. I hope better. We're going to watch Only Yesterday Ooh. by Isao Takahata. I'm excited about uh, this. Produced by Studio Ghibli. I've watched a lot of the Miyazaki Ghibli stuff, but I've not watched a lot of the Takahata stuff. The only Takahata yeah, I've same. watched is, was uh, what we watched for the podcast a while ago, which was uh, The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. Uh, and Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, yeah. We watched Grave of the Fireflies, which is obviously one of the best movies I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, that so, movie, that yeah. movie was too good for this podcast. That ep- it, was, it was. We, I'm, I'm, like, that episode isn't like bad or anything like that, but I am kind of embarrassed we, about we, it. We absolutely, we absolutely fell short in being able to do it justice. Yeah, like, I, I wish that I had done... I mean, like, I, I should have... What we should have done is we should have planned to watch Grave of the Fireflies a year from now so that I could spend the entire year reading up on world war ii japan so that i could come prepared to talk about that movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah our our usual approach uh was insufficient yeah. for the gravity of that film so yeah only yesterday it's all takahata produced by studio ghibli so let's hope that doesn't happen again here <laughs> yeah um, i actually i don't know anything about this movie except the title so i'm excited uh, i know i know very little yeah uh anyway Alex, where can people find you on the internet? All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, dun, dun, dun. You can find me on Mastodon at Catalina at selfie.army. That's something with a Y. You can find me on Goodreads at goodreads.com slash strumpet. You, I sometimes <laughs> stream on trash.cloud. You're promoting your Goodreads? Why would you, <laughs> why would you encourage people to use Goodreads? I, 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 it was, I just realized you could set custom URLs today, so I, I thought it was very funny. Uh, but no, I'm, t- I'm actively trying to find a good enough replacement for I've Goodreads. Been, I've been using the story graph, which I know you find insufficient for reasons of metadata, which is bonkers to me, because what data could you need about a book beyond who wrote it? It's, uh, you look, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a library sicko. I, I'm, I, I was looking at it again just, just before the show, and it looks like they're it's better than it used to be a year or two ago when I was messing around with it. So StoryGraph might, um, yeah. I, might if you're be, not a, like sicko who has unspecified problems with metadata, uh, I want to be able to specify the, 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 the different editions and see the, get the, the, get the right cover. Why? I have, I, okay. <laughs> um, I actually never run into a problem with that. Uh, but, Yes. Anyway, the story graph is adequate if all you want to do is keep track of the books that you read. Uh, anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Prophet underscore Goddess. You can find me on Mastodon at Prophet underscore Goddess at Skeleton.cool. Uh, you can find me on uh, streaming. You can find me streaming at tra- uh, Trash.cloud. I'm going to stream immediately after we finish recording this podcast. Uh, which is of no use to you, the listener of this podcast. Um, <laughs> Uh, will I be will I be streaming the day that this goes up? Uh, no, you will be streaming the day that this goes up Tuesday. I will be streaming. Go go watch my stream. Yes. Um, 
And yes, you can find my video games at ProfitGoddess.io, no underscore. Uh, and you can find the show on Twitter at Animators for Jerks. You can find the show on Matson at Animators for Jerks at Skeleton.cool. You can send us emails about uh, anything that we've said on the show, anything that we've watched in the past. Send us your thoughts about stuff or any books that we've recommended. Um, at animatesforjerks at gmail.com. That is our email address. And then also, uh, yeah, so, uh, recommend the podcast to a friend if you, for some inexplicable reason, like it. Um, and we look forward to getting essay-length emails explaining to us exactly why you like Kaiba, because that's your assignment. I'm looking forward is to if that. If you like Kaiba, I want you to explain to me. I just, I just want to talk, man. I just want to talk. <laughs> send me your address so I can come explain my passions <laughs> uh, anyway and remember there's nothing less important than the internet good night must must so long and length devoted to I truly Jikai, Mikko.